Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right, guys and gals, how are we doing tonight? Good, good? Everything's good? Well, I want to say a couple things. One, I, it seems like it's Wednesday night when my kids say the wildest things in the car, right? I think every Wednesday night, not every Wednesday night, but there are multiple Wednesday nights when I'm driving to church and my, I'm like, what are you guys talking about back there? And so this one is pretty funny. Uh, it's serious and then it's funny and you'll understand why here in a minute. So we get to a stop, we get to a stoplight. I have Noel, Ruby, and Jairus in the back. So that would be a eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. The four-year-old says, oh, dad, look at all these cars, all these people, and they're not going to church. This is the four-year-old. She is like, her heart is burned. She's watching all the cars go by. Oh, dad, they're not going to church. And then Jairus, the eight-year-old, says, dad, I want a duck boat. I'm like, I'm like, where did that come? We were like having this serious conversation about people not coming to church. And Josh is like, Dad, I want a duck boat. You know why? Because I can go on the water and I can go on land. I'm like, what? Where did that come from? So kids do say the silliest things. And especially when they're in the car, when they got nothing else to do but to talk about the wildest things. So we are welcome here. I'm glad you're here tonight. Uh, if you are here for the first time or maybe haven't been here in a while, uh, what, we, what we do is we open up in worship, a little time of prayer, and then we go into a teaching. Uh, and we've got Pastor, pastor Jim here this evening, our founding pastor, in which we celebrated 30 years uh, of our church just this past Sunday and couldn't make it. You and Pam couldn't make it. You guys were up in Maine or going somewhere with kids or grandkids or doing all kinds of stuff. So they're traveling all over the place. But this place is here because of God's faithfulness and his obedience, him and his wife's obedience. And they came to Erie, didn't even know where Erie was, didn't even know where it was on the map, but they heard a call from God. They were called to this place. This church is planted because of that, and we are continuing on, moving forth the gospel of Jesus Christ to reach a million souls for him. And we're just getting started. This is like infancy, really, yeah? Phase one, 30 years, infancy. And we're moving forward. So without further ado, Pastor Jim, please come up and teach us the word of God. Amen. It's so good to be here tonight. And we so much appreciate Pastor Jason and Liz and the solid work that they are continuing. And um, so we've just begun. Amen. You know, I was uh, talking about a million souls that's, uh, you know, God had given to us a vision. And actually, it was when I had a very dramatic conversion experience. And, um, and I just saw a sea of people. And uh, as I looked at these people, all of a sudden, it was like a curtain came down over this picture of a mass of humanity. 
And the Lord said to my heart, he said, you know, that's the fate of people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, you know, that vision has just uh, continued throughout these years. You know, I it just, I feed on it every day, you know. And it's not, a, it's not like this, it's this huge uh, labor or burden. It's a joy to reach people for Jesus. And, and like uh, Ruby, you know, your heart grieves for people that, that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, it's not just about uh, going to heaven, but it's about having heaven on this earth. Because that's what we, you know, we prayed, that I will be done on, on this earth. You know, a lot of people lead a life of hell on this earth, self-made hell. And uh, a lot of it is because of, uh, you know, ignorance or poor decisions or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I can't think of a higher cause to live for. You know, you have to live for something. I think that's the problem is that if people have nothing that they're living for, then it's easy to get caught up in a lot of uh, life distractions. But um, I'd like to... um, want to pray, uh, Pastor Tim Satrian, some of you may, may remember that name, he pastored out in uh, Gerard a number of years ago, but um, he contacted me, and of course with our testimony, uh, one of the things I was going to say about the million, the million souls, I looked on uh, YouTube of late, and I think our, our little clip, CBN came up and they did a video they put together a beautiful six minutes uh, synopsis of the incident. I'm like, hey, I'm alive. I want you to know I wake up every day and I go, thank God it's good to be alive, you know, because uh, I, I wasn't. And, and thank God for Jesus that I am. But uh, that, that little clip on YouTube has uh, over 25,000 views, and that's just on YouTube. That's not on the CBN site. I haven't been on there to see that. But a lot of people are seeing it, and I can't tell you how much uh, encouragement it's bringing in their life. And I just, I just re- received a uh, communication from Pastor Saturian today, uh, and I forget the name. It was uh, a pastor and uh, his wife, but the the gentleman had an incident. I, I don't know if it was the same issue that I had, but he's in a coma right now. And they're not thinking that he's going to come out of it, but we know that God can turn those things around. So I forget the gentleman's name, but God knows his name. Would you just agree with me? I told him we'd lift this man up and we'd pray for him. So Father, we come before you tonight on behalf of, of this gentleman. In the name of Jesus... And we thank you, Lord, that you are the giver of life. And you said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so we speak it over this gentleman tonight. We speak to his heart. We speak to his brain in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you that resurrection life and power flows into his body right now, into every system within his body. Father, thank you for strengthening the heart of his wife. 
God, give her courage and confidence that you, Lord, are still the one that calls back from the dead. You bring life to dead situations. And so, Father, we thank you for doing it. God, thank you that even at this pulpit, because of prayer, I'm here tonight. And so, Lord, thank you. You're still doing, Father. You're still doing the miraculous. We give you praise, and we give you glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You know, I just I want to say this. I may get, never get to my notes here, things I want to say, but, you know, I so much appreciated uh, what Pastor Jason shared in regard to encouraging us that the kingdom of God is in power. It's with power. You know, a lot of times people think that us, word of faith people, or, you know, us, whatever you want to call us, Bible-believing people, you know, we're sort of, you know, on the fringe, or we're not the typical. Well, we're not. We're not. We're not. But we're consistent with the word of God. So I'd rather be consistent with God's word than quote-unquote normal. Amen. And you know, there's a lot of good things that we can do, and I'm not against all the good things and good deeds. And I mean, thank God for people. But God called us to be a people of faith and a people that would believe in his resurrection power. That's who he's called us to be. You know, you have to run with whom God called you to be with. I think back with much gratitude uh, in my, I had a very dramatic conversion experience, and then I had a real strong desire uh, as a result of that conversion experience to, to go to Bible school, but I had no knowledge of how to pursue that. I was a young father at the time, and I was, I was just getting ready to graduate from college, and, and I, I had this call in my life. I really didn't know exactly all what it was or how I would walk it out. But I, I had made a decision that I'm going to fast and pray and seek God uh, for this next step in my life because I, that's really what I wanted to do. But I, you know, I had no, where do I go? I wasn't, I was saved on a dorm room floor. And uh, so uh, to make a long story short, I ended up taking a job way up in northern Maine. And it was through living up there that I made a connection with a gentleman that was a, he was the administrator of a Christian school. And he started, he was getting a magazine from, from a, a fellow by the name of Kennedy e. Hagan. And, uh, and he came in one day and he told me, he says, you know, well, he started giving me tapes. He'd give me cassette tapes and I'd listen to cassette teaching tapes. It's hard for us to appreciate today because you can get on to the internet, you can get teaching. I mean, it's just, it's there, you know. If you want it, you can get it like that. Back in the day, it just wasn't there, you know. There were not churches. There was, there was uh, you know, you just, it wasn't available to you. So he would start once a week when I'd meet him at church, he would give me a cassette tape by a fellow by the name of Kenneth Copeland. 
and I'd listen to that tape all week long. I had a little uh, portable cassette player. It was about half the size of this Bible, and I made a holster for it, and I strapped it on my waist, and I ran up, like this little mic I have, I'd run it up into my ear, and I'd listen to that all week long, all week long, all week long. And then I'd bring it to him Sunday when I'd see him, and he'd give me another one. And one day he said to me, he said, well, you know, this Kenneth Copeland fellow, he has a mentor. I said, what? I said, somebody knows more than him? (laughs) He said, yeah, a fellow by the name of Kenneth E. Hagan. And uh, this is honest to goodness truth. So I I figured, listen, anybody that knows more than Kenneth Copeland does, that's where I got to go, you know. And I thank God for my wife. She wasn't able to be with us. Uh, this evening. But, you know, she had never had a home. Her father was uh, in the Air Force. She lit, you know, she just got her official documentation where she's an American citizen. Her father, she was born in Japan. I tell people my wife was made in Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when, when, they, when they came back here, he never filed the papers for her. So, you know, she's sort of in between, you know. I'm just glad that the wall's not up yet. <laughs> but, but at any rate, um, she, I forget where I was going with that. But uh, at any rate, she's with us, praise God. But she couldn't be here tonight. But um, uh, the, we found out about the school. Yes, I know where I was going with it is I thank God for her because she never had a home. Never had a home. Always lived, lived in, in, in you know, Japan, uh, England, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Massachusetts, and never had a home. And so here we are living for one year, finally, and we were in the process of maybe purchasing a home. And I come in one day and say, you know what? I think we're supposed to go to Bible school. <laughs> so I, I thank God for my wife, you know. And, and we prayed it out. And, you know, so I didn't, I didn't drag her out. She went willingly, praise God. But we're so glad because God established us in the truth of his, of his word. And so... Tonight, I just want to share with you, I know I have just a short time, just some things that I have on my heart, things that, um, that I believe are critical for us to learn because it's the Word of God, but I believe it's critical for us to get a hold of because of the day in which we live today. Uh, Romans 5.17, we do have the scripture, it's going to go up on, on, the, uh, on the overhead bef- behind us. But let me go ahead and read it to you this evening. Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense... Okay, it's coming. It's broken. Okay, so... Oh, we're not going to get it tonight. Okay, so if you're taking notes, you can take it down. Romans 5.17 says this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Father, for giving us understanding, opening our eyes. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation as we go to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Romans 5.17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, much more, I like that, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Man, that's a good word. One man's offense. The word offense means a side slip, an unintentional or a willful transgression. So that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. I like to go down, I like to find out the beginnings, find out, you know, how it is that uh, we got to where we are today and what we're looking at in a very broken world. And the scripture tells us here how it all began. It was by one man's offense or a side slip, an unintentional or a willful transgression. What happened is, is that Adam bought into the devil's lie that that true freedom comes from independence from God. You know, that, that's, that's the original lie that the enemy hung out there, put out there in front of Adam. Said, you know what, you mean, if you really want to know what freedom is like, you've got to break away from God. You've got to go off and do this thing on your own, independent of God. And, and, um, and the Bible says the result of that decision that he made broke his relationship with God. It broke that relationship off from God. In other words, you know, if you, you can go back and read in the beginning of Genesis where God had called man to rule and reign on this earth. He was a co-regent along with, with his creator on this earth until he bought that lie that Satan put out there that, no, no, true freedom is going to be when you strike out on your own independent of God. And, and, uh, and the Bible tells us the result of that decision was death. Now we know that Adam didn't die immediately. But but what happened is, is his relationship with God, there it is, uh, his relationship with God was, was severed, and he was out there on his own. And aren't you glad that God did not abandon him? Amen. God put in place what, the plan of salvation. God put it in place. So... Our scripture says that by one man's offense, death reigned. But you know, you know, God, God's not down in the in the uh, in the dregs, you know, biting his fingernails, saying, "Oh, what was me? What are we gonna do?" No, that's not God. I mean, he he is he's victorious. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. So we've got so much to rejoice. About because we have God's word telling us that He did not abandon us to that situation. And 
the scripture in this verse says much more, much more. So God doesn't focus on the death part. God wants us to focus on the much more part. He puts, he gives us that information so we can see clearly how we got into the mess, how we got into this mess. Amen. But, but he says, you know, don't focus on that. Focus on the much more part. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Now, man, I like that. Will reign, will reign in life. And the word reign here, it means to rule or reign as a king. To be in control in an absolute manner. Man, I love that. I'm so glad... That, uh, that I have a church, that I come from a church that believes in ruling and reigning in life. Amen. I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for it. I wouldn't be here. I am so, so proud of this congregation. You know, I, I'm just so proud of, for us to be able to show the video and see, and people see, you know, our people praying and using their authority, walking in faith, you know, making declarations, glory be to God, you know, reigning in this life. And it means to, and, 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 and so the scripture tells us here that that is the will of God. God wants us to, to reign in, the, in this life. No, not... That doesn't mean that we run off and do our own thing. That means that as we get back under the authority of our Creator, as we, as we fall, follow His leadership in our life, as we lead a life of submission to Him, amen, we reign through Him, not independent of Him. You know, a lot of people you know, revel in the idea, well, I can do anything I want to do. No, 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 no. Do you understand that? That's what got man into the problem in the first place is, you know, I can, I can do it independent of God. So we get back into a relation, a right relationship with God where, you know what, you're the, you're the, you're the head and, and I'm here, praise God to, to follow, to follow you. You know, you're, you're the king, praise God. And I'm an heir, I'm a joint heir uh, under the headship of the Lord Jesus. And so, man, it's just so good to, to know that, you know, because a lot of people aren't sure what God wants. You know, a lot of people still struggle with, you know, God just kind of wants to beat you down to teach you something. You know, God, God you just never know what God's going to do. No, no, we can know what God wants to do. Yeah. Praise God. Why? Because we have, we have the will. We have the will of God. And the scripture right here tells us that he wants us to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I'm going to live a long life. We're going to live fruitful lives. We're going to bring a lot of people with us. We're going to live joy-filled lives. Praise God. And, uh, man, I love that. So, you know, we know what got 
man into the problem which required God to move and, and get him out of it. And we don't have the, the, the slide up here. But let me just sort of paraphrase what the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 3. It's uh, that the, ser- the serpent, we got it. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, hath God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now stop right there. Go back right there. God never said not to touch it. You know, and, I, and as I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, you know, I bet you his probably kind of what happened. God didn't say not to touch it. He said, don't eat it. But, you know, you'd think you'd have enough sense to stay away from it. And I'm wondering if she touched it and nothing happened. Said, well, you know, I touched it and nothing happened. Maybe I'll just eat it. You know, that's kind of the way a lot of people are, is how close can I dance to this dangerous situation without getting burnt? Right? That's what a lot of people think. How, how close? And rather than, you know what, how far? You know, people have, different people struggle with different areas of weakness in their life. You know, if you have a problem with alcohol, you shouldn't go into a bar witnessing to people. You know what I'm saying? People think, well, you know, I can do anything I want to do. Well, you're stupid if you think that. Because, you know, I, I just wondered as I read this, you know, when, when God, God didn't say not to touch it. So she's not getting this right. And I just wondered as I read this, maybe that's probably what happened. She went over and she, she touched it. And she said, well, you know, nothing happened. Nothing happened. So I'm just going to go ahead and eat it. You know, God just said one thing. He said, you rule and reign. You have authority. You, you have, you're my, my, my co-regents in this. The only thing he said was, man, don't eat that. Just don't, don't eat that. And, and you know, and, and that's how the enemy came in. The enemy came in. They bought the lie that freedom comes from a life independent from God. And what happened is that um, what happened is that rather than being guided by what God had said clearly to them by that inner by that inner directive that comes from the word that God gave them, thank God we have the word of God. Amen. She went to going by what she could see what she could see. Um, and that's, that's exactly what ended up happening. Rather than going by what God said, she went by what she could see. How many of you know the word says we walk by faith and not by sight? We walk by faith and not by sight. See, we've, we've got to learn to train our inner eye the eye of faith. That's what, that's what, that's what I love. I, I've loved over the years working with people, helping people to understand the word of God 
because we've all been trained to go by our senses, what we can see, what we can hear, what somebody else says. We hear, we hear somebody say something and, and it gets under our skin and now we, we got to say something and we become part of the problem. You know, we become, we, we stir the pot on things rather than being ministers of peace and grace. And, and, uh, and, and so that's really what ended up happening here is, is they got over to going by, and Satan knew that. See, he knew that. He knew that if he, get them to, if he could get them to, to go by what they could see rather than what God had said, then he had them. And that's, and that's, what, that's what ended up happening here. Um, when Jesus came to this earth, um, Jesus dealt with a very religious, you know, you think about it, think about uh, when Jesus had his conversation with Nicodemus, and Nicodemus is talking, or Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Jesus was talking about an inside new birth, not, not about going back into your mother's womb. You know, Nicodemus, that's the religious mind. He's trying to figure it out trying to go by the natural rather than by the unseen. And, uh, and uh, Hebrews 11, verse 13 and 14, it says this, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were short of them, embraced them, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So, you know, this is, this is the great faith chapter that we read about. And he's talking about these people, people of faith like us, who lived in Old Testament times, and these people were not living by what they could just see with their natural eyes, they were living by what they could see through the eye of faith. They were living by what they could see through the eye of faith. I just, man, I think that is so important, especially in the day in which we live today. I tell you what, you know, everybody's got an opinion about something. If you're on Facebook, you know, I mean, everybody's got it. I'm, I'm not uh, anti-Facebook or anything. It's just that it just, holy mackerel. Everybody's, you know, got a thought, got an opinion, got something uh, to say about this or or about that. Uh, but I think what we need to be focused on is what has God said. What's God saying? You know, what is 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 what God has said more real to us than what the front page of the newspaper says? Or, you know, or what this person says, or another person. How many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? S- Smith Wigglesworth was a, great, was a great man of faith. Lester Summerall, I've heard Lester Summerall tell this story. He visited Smith Wigglesworth. Smith, Smith Wigglesworth was just a, an, I think he had like a sixth grade education. He was a plumber. But he was an amazing, he couldn't, couldn't read, learned to read. The only book that he ever read was the Bible. 
Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to read other books. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the realities, these spiritual truths, the things that God has said, the promises that God has made, those were more real to him than, than anything else. I mean, they were so real to him that they've documented in his ministry there was like six people raised from the dead. You've got to have pretty strong faith for something like that to happen. And, uh, but the word of God was so real to him. It was, it was just so real to him that, that that's, the kind of, uh, that's the kind of faith that he had. And that's, what, that's the kind of faith that we have to have. You know, I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're here on Wednesday night and my time is almost up and I see that. But uh, the word of God, the promises of God, you know, the things that God has, has commanded and said to us, those have to be, we have got to walk by the inward uh, sight, the eye of faith. These, like it says here of these people in Hebrews, they saw these things afar off. They saw these things. Abraham, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. You know, this is hundreds of years before Jesus, but yet he was seeing with that eye of faith. He was seeing with that eye of faith. And again, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith and, and not by sight. We, we walk by faith and not by sight. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 18, and I'll end with this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. That's so we do not look at the things which are seen. What does that mean? Does that mean that we, you know, that we walk around with blinders on? No. But what it means is that the things that God has said, the, the promises that God has given, they have to be more real to us than the things that we see with our natural eyes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that I was surrounded with people of faith. People, when they looked at me, didn't say, well, I guess that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, thank God I wouldn't be here tonight if it weren't for people that didn't have that kind of faith and be in that kind of tenacious uh, uh, grabbing a hold of the promises of God. We do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. I started telling you about um, uh, Smith Wigglesworth. He, he was visited by Lester Summerall in England. He went to visit him at his home, and he knocked at his door, Smith Wigglesworth's door. This was a guy that was like six people raised from the dead. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth had a newspaper tucked underneath his arm. And Smith Wigglesworth came to the door and opened it and saw Lester Summerall standing there with a newspaper under his arm. And he said to him, he said, you can come in, but that has to stay outside. 
You know, that's just where this guy was at, man. You say, that's pretty radical. Yeah, it is pretty radical, but he did some pretty radical things, right? He did some pretty radical things. I'll tell you what, God, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's looking, looking for those whom he may show himself strong on their behalf. So, Father, tonight, thank you. Thank you, Father, that you give us spiritual eyes to see in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that the word, that the things that you have promised, Father God, thank you, Lord, that as we set our eyes and affix our hearts toward them, will not be uh, taken off course, will not follow that same pathway that our first parents did by going by what they could see, by buying a lie. But Lord, we choose to embrace what you've said, that we can reign in this life. And so Lord, thank you tonight that Lord, that through the Lord Jesus Christ, you've called us in our personal life, in our families, God, in our church, in our community, to reign, to represent you well. Lord, to be distributors and demonstrators of the power of God. Father, we thank you tonight. We're going to live long lives and fruitful lives. And Father, lives that will bring glory to you, unashamed, unashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the Apostle Paul said, because it is the power of God. And Father, we declare tonight that word over every person here tonight, over our church. Father, we give you alone the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. Praise God. Before, before we're dismissed tonight, I just want to do two quick things. Um, Number one, I really felt as pastor was teaching that I just want to read a scripture, three verses in the Bible that I think are relevant for us tonight that I want you to walk away with as well, you know, along with the scriptures that pastor says. Ephesians 1, this is really a, a prayer for you, for us, for believers, and it starts in verse 17. I'm going to read 17 through 19 in Ephesians 1. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power. And that word power there is the word dunamis. God stored up miracle working power. God stored up miracle-working power toward us who believe according to the working. That working is another word for power. It's the effectual working, operation, the outward or overt power of his mighty power. His mighty power. And that power word means force, strength, residual, inherent strength residing in him. Is a comment that we, I wrote down from somewhere a long time ago. It says this. It says, The day Jesus was raised from the dead was the day that all the power of God that was inherent in him was put into the form of energy to fulfill the work of the resurrection. 
Because God resurrected the entire future church at the same time, redeeming all of his creation, it was the greatest work of God ever. Never before have we seen such a display of power. That same power that did that resides in us now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And it resides on the inside of us so that we can rule and reign in this day. So Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight. We thank you, Lord for being able to rule and reign. We thank you, Father, for the power that you have given us, Lord. And Father, right now, we just, uh, the other thing we want to do, Father, we want to lift up Echo Camp to you right now. There are students and leaders at Echo Camp down in Pittsburgh, our middle schoolers, some high schoolers, some leaders, Father. We lift them up to you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that this week will be a life-changing, miraculous moment in their Christian walk with you, Father, that they will be radically changed. Anything that comes against them, we just bind it up and we say no in Jesus' name. And Father, we loose all the blessings, all the favor, all the abundance, all the glory that you have in store for this week, that as those students worship you and seek you with their whole heart, they will find you, Father. As they they knock on that door, it will be open, Heavenly Father. And your word says you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So Father, we just thank you that you rewarding each leader for serving down there and that they are seeing your kingdom come your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven and i thank you father for radically changed lives so be with them in safety be with them in protection father but be with them in your presence and may your presence fall even tonight on that church service as it's about to start and father we lift them up to you we thank you for that camp in jesus name Amen. 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 Okay, you guys are dismissed. We will see you on Sunday. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.